What's up, everybody? It's the BJJ Goons. Live in the house. What say you, Tim Spriggs? What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the BJJ Goons podcast. I'm one, of, one half of your team here. Tim, a.k.a. the Mushmaster. And on the other side of the table, Tim. I was going to say, Tim, I'm Tim Spriggs, too. Nah, Tony Peradio. We're all Tim Spriggs. Everybody's all, everyone's Tim Spriggs. Tim Spriggs. Little Tim Spriggs and everybody. Hmm. How's everyone doing? How, How you, you been, doing, Tony? Tim? I'm doing, I've been doing good. Last week I had the, the cold. Now it's a uh, sinus infection that's being treated with antibiotics. Damn. Yeah, I'm praying for you. Thank you, man. Let me turn on this other light real quick. Man, life has been pretty good. I'm back to training a lot, doing two a days. Nice. Technically more than two a days. So I'll do like a morning session of jujitsu with a morning session of striking. I just started striking since I got back home to Maryland for my trip. And in the evening, I do lifting, or in the middle of the day, I do lifting, and then I do jujitsu at night, nice. most That's of the time. A lot of work. It is a lot of work, but I enjoy it. I figure we got to do it. Yeah, it's 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 my vocation. I always thought that I'm going to use my body to the best of its ability for as long as I can until I can't use it anymore. I don't know when that started. I think it's always been a part of me. I've always been an active person. But when I would look at people that don't exercise or don't try to push themselves mentally and physically, I kind of just don't understand that. And, you know, I always like being active. I have a lot of energy. I have ADHD. So <laughs> if I didn't exercise a lot or if I didn't do this type of work, I don't know what I would do. I can't sit at a desk all day. I couldn't do it. One of my, my best friend is a computer programmer. He does code. He works with the government. And he could just be as happy as a clam just sitting at a desk. I couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't do it. So whenever I'm tired, I just think it could be way worse. I could be sitting at a desk. I had a desk job for a year, and it's soul-sucking. I can only imagine. I'm not dissing anybody that does that, but I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. I fucking hated it. I hated it. I mean, the money was good. And I will say that it did help me transition back into being a full-time grappler. But I would never do it again. I would never do it again. I will open a gym. And I don't want to open a gym. But I will open a gym before I end up having to work for someone else and punch someone else's clock. Yeah, I've been a waiter forever. I actually don't mind it. What is it like working in the food service industry? It's wonderful if you're good at it. It can get to you, but... If you're a veteran of it, it's shoot, it's super easy. Have you seen it's that? The fi- male, the, no, not to cut you off, but it's the male version of stripping. Hmm. For sure. Have you seen the film Waiting? Oh God, yes. Is Hilarious. it okay? And it's the, very, it's very spot on. Spot on. For those of you who don't know what waiting is, I'll allow you a second to Google it. For those of you too lazy to Google, waiting is basically a film where. <laughs> These restaurateurs or the food service people, the the waiters and the cooks, it just talks about their lives and how they're really sad people. They're fucked up backgrounds. And what they do is they (laughs) fuck with people's food. 
<laughs> they do disgusting people things. People come in late. Can come in late at the end of the night. They're ready to get off, and here comes some people rolling in. So that's spot on. If you're a dick to your waiter, they spit in your food. <laughs> I'm not implicating you. I'm nah, saying not, hypothetically not, not, speaking. I'm not saying not me and not in my restaurants. It's very fine dining, and I'm also mature, and I'm a man, and I'm karmically. I don't want that to happen to me, but. It uh, I could imagine it for sure happening in a lesser restaurant. Oh my god! Yeah, what's it kind of Rotten Tomatoes? Thirty-one. It's got a horrible score, of course, because it's like a underground movie. There's another one that's out there. You can actually watch it on YouTube for free. It's hilarious. If you like this, you'll love it. It's called Slam and Salmon. It's got Debo in it. Uh, Tiny Listers in that movie. No, it's not. Wait, which guy? That's is Debo's it? name. Hold on, hold on. It's, I got the wrong one. It's the other guy that looked like Debo. Side note, Rotten Tomatoes is full of shit. Okay? It's full of shit. Have you seen Joker yet? Yes. Fucking awesome, right? Yeah, really, really good. It's, his Joker's way better than Heath Ledger's. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, way uh, better. I, I don't really... Uh, this movie's great standalone. You, even, you don't have to compare. I, like, I don't even know if I've seen any of the other ones. That's how dumb they are. Yeah, the Slam and Salmon here. This is a, a funny little journey, man. So I'll put it, you'll be able to remind it'll remind you because it'll be on the podcast. Check it; it's free on YouTube. I'll check it out. It's super funny. Look at all the people that say that they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Now with the new training load, I feel refreshed. For a while, I was feeling broken down, and I was trying to do a lot of load management and training load. My training load was very high for a very long time. And it led for me to me, it led to me being burned out to the point where I wanted to quit. But I don't know what has happened. But I feel more refreshed and I feel very motivated. And I'm, I think it was a mental switch I had to flip. Yeah. I think doing a little bit of striking on the side has really helped. Yeah. Because like expanding your horizons and expanding your knowledge into different things will make you feel refreshed. And it'll help you learn what your main thing is a little bit easier. Man, that's that's for sure. I like striking a lot. I just, I got, what do I have? Outside, I built this um, tire. You, did you see it? I built like a tire. Yeah, um, you basically put a, like a, a, a two by four or something in the middle of the ground yeah, and, and tires around it. To make a homemade heavy bag. Man, you can crack on that thing with your shins. And then I have over here, I got. In the back. Oh wait. Oh, y'all can't see this, the the gym right now from the, these angles. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Yeah, you can. We got time. We got time. You got all kinds of karate shit so in the I, back. I won't move that. It ain't working. You but got we got everything. Chucks, lightsabers. I just picked up today. It's called a double end bag. That one that's got the ball in the middle and a string from the ceiling, and it goes back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? You pit it and it, like you move around. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's gonna go right here. So. Yeah, I like striking too. We could. I'm telling you, I know. En- I know enough combos, and I got all the pads. We could drill striking, bro. Any day. I will say this: my upper back and my shoulders, and I think like my forearms, they hurt like shit because we've been doing a lot of hands. Do you t- uh, tape your wrists? Tape them? No, I just use hand wraps. That's what I meant. Wrap. Of wrap, course, wrap. you have to use hand. If I didn't I use hand wraps, my hands would be done. I need to protect these bad boys because I grip a lot, and I already have one finger that doesn't work yeah. or just hurts. Artem Loboff doesn't use them, so I don't either. 
Oh man. Don't don't take your striking cues from Artem Lobov. He's a 500 fighter in MMA, but he's might be the best bare knuckle boxer in the world. If you, he's got to be in there for the BMF belt, which is uh, no longer going to be contested for, which we're going to talk about later. Let's talk about it now. Devastating news, world! Devastating news. It seems that Nate Diaz is out of USC 244. Unreal. He's saying that his levels are too high. I'm going to look up the quote, but you tell it's him a little eleva- bit. Elevated levels. Elevated levels. And then Nate Diaz said, y'all are on steroids, not me. And now they're saying, they're all, already saying tainted supplement. Like, come on, dude. Tainted. They, all, we're all, they already, you saw it. I mean, the UFC Institute, like, you can literally go there and they'll give you every supplement you need. To get tainted supplements still, it's just ridiculous. I don't really trust. He maybe he doesn't trust. And then I might be reaching here, but I don't think he trusts regular. I don't think he trusts people with his supplements. I don't think he. Uh, I, I just he doesn't seem like the type of person that would just go with the flow and just go with what everyone else is doing. He seems very holistic. In that, like, he might just eat super yeah, clean, dude. Every other person at that gym has been busted for steroids. Who? Um, I don't remember Gil, off the top of my head. Gil Melendez. Okay. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, what's the re- the guy that's a little bit bigger? Jay starts with a J. It's on the tip of my tongue. Jay Shields. Jay Shields. He's also been. And who else is on that team? The other, the only other super popular guy. Or is that it? Um. Oh, well, Nick Diaz, obviously. But he, but that's weed. Yeah, count. I know. No, no, no. I was getting ready to say the same thing. And I only take Florida Whole Boys Foods. on that team now. He says. He's I never only, been popped. Who? Florida Boy. Okay, he's, he's, not, he's, he's barely on professional. That team, yeah. I only take Whole Foods or natural food supplements. I don't even eat meat. So until UFC, USADA, whoever the fuck, we, whoever is fucking with me fixes it, I won't be competing. I don't give a fuck about some money over my dignity and my legacy. I'm not playing along with this bullshit. I'm not staying quiet and figuring out after the fight. That's cheating. And Jorge Masvidal said basically that he'll fight him anyway. Yeah, right? I want to see this fight. They should do You know what I mean? Fucking USADA, man. Take it to an Indian ranch or something. I think it's good that they test. I think they can go about it a lot better. I think before they even... They should just get rid of USADA and UFC. So stupid. What's the alternative? Just letting guys go by pride rules? I guess. It's already, I think, kind of been proven that steroids don't even really help you anyway. Get the fuck out of here, man. Of course steroids help. (laughs) They help. Of course. They only help in training. They don't help during the fight itself. Okay. What does everyone do before a fight? Train. Okay, now if it's gonna help your training, well, who cares? Then, you know, what do you mean, who cares? Well, it's just, the, you're you're able help, to train. There, there's also negative side effects that come with it too. Like Later you, on, well, I'm, no, like even like you can't be. You, you, I think people only do cycles like a month or two, and then you're off all that other time. So imagine, I guess you're probably feeling shitty. I guess if you feel so good, bro. That shit works, okay? Did you watch baseball growing up? You know who Mark McGuire is? Yeah. You know who Sammy Sofas is? You know who Barry Bonds is? All the motherfuckers were hitting 70 home runs a year. 
Of course, it makes a difference. Yeah, I just want to see the but fight. In fighting, it's just you never know. Man. In fighting, it's a lot more involved, technique and everything. Fake news, bro. Fake news. But either way, it's crazy. I they hope just have. Uh, they should just. They should just let them do what they do in one FC or Bellator. And just don't. If you want to tell, do that shit, fine. Go and do. Go to Bellator. Go to one FC because yeah, I mean, they don't test. What's um? What's uh? What's his name? The guy that fought Rafael Lovato Jr. Uh, Musasi. Gegard Musasi says that uh, if he doesn't knock Rafael Lovato Jr. out this time. He's retiring, literally. He's being a drama queen. There's no way. That money's too good. You're going to retire because you don't knock him out? I think he's upset about the way he thinks it. Uh, he thinks that Rafael was elevated a little bit. Whether he did or not, did or not, he he got out fought. But we'll see. It's all it's all it's all subjective. Yep. There's no if there's no testing policy, you're just rolling the dice. Test something here. It's a damn shame. Cause if Nate, I don't think Nate took shit. Sorry, I was t- turning something on. I, if, if Nate takes shit, I think everyone really is on it. Yeah, that's crazy. If Nate took something, especially when you're the when you're the guy that's the, it's totally out of left field. Uh, it's uh, totally out of left field. That. I would have never thought in a million years. He sh- now, looking back at the Pettis fight, maybe I could maybe I could kind of see it. He sure looked very very in shape. I'm not a I'm not for a PD I'm not a PD specialist, but I always figured like remember when like a few months before TJ Dillashaw got busted, right? Remember when I said the way that guy fights, it seems as though he's on EPO or something. <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets busted for it. I think a guy like Nate, I could see him doing EPO, but they don't even—he didn't even mention what levels were high. Yeah, and, true. You know what I mean? It could have been—I don't know if cannabis would be included in that. No, they—they don't—they barely even test for that. I don't even think they test for it out of competition. And they, and then you'd have to be super high night of for them to suspend you. And I don't even think they're gonna stop the fight from happening. I don't think Usada announced that they're gonna stop it. Really? No, it's just coming from him. Hmm. Usada didn't make an announcement. He's jumping the gun. He's beating them to the punch. Wow, that's weird. I want to see this fight. I would actually no. There's no fucking way I'd pay to see a fight unless it's on Flow Grappling. But I'm not paying to see the fight. But I'll go over someone's house to watch it for sure. We gotta have a BMF title. What else is going on in the MMA world? Hold on, what's this? Somebody said, um, MMA. I was thinking somebody was just saying hi to us. Not seeing sign in the chat. Acting a little funny on me. Uh, in the MMA world, um, well, Rodolfo Vieira, who has um, been fighting MMA, is returning to Spider in the Gi, a tournament that you're also in. Yeah. He's about to get this work. That's, that's that's the big news. He's about to get this work. I want his ass first round. Oh, he's in your division, huh? Go get him, Tim. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's split between lightweight and heavyweight. I really want this match. Yeah, throw him on the flow. When I was a blue belt, I looked up to him a lot. I kind of no, not kind of. I definitely 
took a lot from his game. His game was an inspiration to me. When he was on top, he was just so dominant. I really admired it. I loved how he would take guys down, pass their guard. He would do the same thing to everyone, and no one could stop him. He was the original black belt hunter. Yeah. When he was a brown belt, he went to the UAE Jiu-Jitsu tournament, and he won. He beat black belts, and he won. Sick. Unstoppable takedowns, unstoppable passing, and his guard was pretty solid. His guard is good. It's not no shit where you take him down or you sweep him and you're just going to pass his guard all willy-nilly. Dangerous dude. Last year, he beat Muhammad. Yeah, he wow. beat the brakes off of Kid Dale like it was nothing. I think <laughs> he beat Kid Dale, Kid Dale. He's an animal. And he's a UFC fighter. He's a very big name. He's a legend. He's a four or five-time Gi World Champion. He's an ADCC champion, and I would love to fight him. There's a lot of other guys in the tournament as well, so I'm going to look up who they are, but this well, is a big money tournament. I think I have it pretty much almost pulled up. Okay, you go ahead and do it because my monitor's all fucked up. Um, it's going to be a big fucking deal, man. I like going to Korea. I really enjoyed myself the last time I went there, and on the line yeah. a lot of money on the line potentially a sponsorship deal with one of the premier athletic gear companies in the world spiders known for ski apparel but all their clothes are dope and it's a great opportunity for me and it's a month away and it's part of the reason why i've been going so hard in the gym getting back to my strength and conditioning program going back to drilling a lot putting that gi back on adding new stuff to my game not just to win a Black Belt World title in 2020, but to win this event, just for the names in it. Yeah. Kainan Duarte, Claudio Calazans. That's a that was a really close match. My match with him was close until I was able to take him down and take his back. Uh, who else is in this division? I say Kainan, myself, Adolfo, Claudio Calazans, Leandro Lowe. The guy Anderson Muniz. Like all these guys are killers. It is a very stacked division, and I can't wait. Yeah, so it's in the 100 kilograms. You said it right. Kanan Duarte, Leander Lowe, Anderson Muniz, Tim Spriggs, Adolfo, Claudio Calasanz. So we got two more spots open. I don't know who's going to fill those out. Maybe a local guy from Korea. Maybe another jiu-jitsu legend. I heard rumors that there could be Felipe Pena, which would be even sicker. No easy matches. But that's what I live for. I'm not afraid of a challenge. I love the challenge because it, it drives me to train hard. Anything worth getting is worth working hard for. Jamil's competing in the same thing, huh? Yeah, he's competing in the lighter weight class. He's, it looks like he has a pretty good solid chance of winning. I'm yep. going to tell you something right now. Jamil's going to walk through those guys. Yeah, Mateus Gabriel, Edward Najmi, Levi Jones-Leary, Jonathan, Jonathan Alves, and Mateus Lutus. Yeah, I think Jamil's got a solid chance there, too. Jamil has the best guard in the world. Mikey Musumeki's close, but I don't think that Mikey could do stuff to heavy and super heavyweights the way that I've seen Jamil do heavy and super heavyweights. And he's not that much bigger than Mikey either. So, 
Good luck to all those guys in that division. I like all of them, but in my expert opinion, Jamil's going to walk through these guys, and I got my work cut out for me. So I'm just going to be doing a lot of training, but I'm excited. Yeah, man. I can't fucking wait. I can't wait to put on a show. I just want Flo and IBJGF and Gracie Mag and all these other media sites to promise me that when I win, you actually put my picture on all your Instagram and Facebook posts. Dude, you've been out there. And all your fr- no, but because here's the thing. Whenever I lose or, like, it doesn't even have to do anything with me. It's just they put pictures of me losing. But never, almost never have they put a picture of me putting somebody to sleep or choking somebody out. Rarely, if ever. Ever. Every time I'm a fucking thumbnail. But those days are over. Because I'm going to win this fucking event. And I'm going to have a shitload of money in my bank account. And I'm going to have... You know what I'm going to do, Tony? You know what I'm going to do when I win this shit? I'm getting gold grills and a gold Cuban link chain. I know a place to go in Baltimore. You got a place? I do. I know a few places. I've been looking. There's rich grills I heard. But, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And you know what we should do when I win? We should make a video of me going to the jewelry store to get my gold fronts. Nice. I ordered some fake ones from um, Walmart. Dude, don't get fake gold, man. That's gonna rot your teeth out. You're gonna turn your gums green. Oh no, only for the podcast, only for my dumb show. Only for my dumb show to be more ridiculous. The lapel show. Yeah, a That's more, a clever name. Be more, a little more ridiculous. It's pretty. What I'm trying to do is be ridiculous with it. Speaking of Mikey, I loved that documentary about Mikey. I gotta watch it. Is it out on? Um, it's out on Flow. It's on Flow now. Now that I have Flow, I need to start like watching cool shit. Yes. Now Where that you, you have Flow, how do you navigate it? Where do you? Oh, films. It would be under. Yeah, the front page. It's a bitch to navigate. It I'll is. tell it's you that. The, there it is. Oh, that's going to be good. I can't wait to watch that. They did a great job with it. It was shot well. The interview was great. My only thing with Flo is that I shouldn't have ads just pop up when I'm watching shit because I pay money. I think one of the perks of paying for shit is that you don't have ads. Mm. Like Hulu, if you get Hulu Plus, you don't have any fucking ads, I don't think. Netflix, you don't have any fucking ads. Why is it that I pay more for Flow Grappling than I do for Netflix and anything else I have combined? Like, I have New Japan World and I have fucking uh, Netflix, right? Those two combined cost less than Flow, but I have ads on Flow. And it's always I'm trying to watch something and it's the same fucking ad for some real estate or some... I don't know what it is, but I hate the ads. But besides that, it's great. And they do a good job. They do a good job with the films. I enjoy watching them. And the fight catalog is deep. But, yeah, you got to watch that. And also, you got to watch me on Fight to Win next weekend. Nice. I will check that me out. Me versus Herber Santos. Oh, you fighting Herber? Yeah, man. Interesting. You don't, do you even follow me on Instagram? Do you follow me on social media? I don't, man. I don't. You got the biggest jujitsu jitsu <laughs> social IG, media. I post. I can't go through them all. You can't even fo- I you tag you. me and shit, but you can't look. I tag you in every post I make. Motherfucker, I could be fighting like I don't. I could be fighting John Jones. You wouldn't even fucking know. You just be like, hey man, where you been? I like, yeah, you know, I'm trading to fight John Jones. Oh really? <laughs> I didn't know. Like I've been posting everywhere. It's all over the news sites. You know what? It, you know why it is? Because I'll admit it. I go. I have like. There's like all kind of hot models, so I only like like their stuff. So they always show up in the feeds. Anything that's like an athlete, I probably don't even see. It's terrible. Well, Tony, it's bros before hoes. 
I found this uh, hot Asian lady model. These models, they look like, I don't know, they look like inhuman, but they're really pretty. And it's like a worm pole. I was like, I follow, follow, follow. Now they look inhuman? Yeah, it's really weird. They like, they. The, I think the way they do their makeup and these weird contacts, they look like anime or something strange. Oh, you're into waifu chicks. Not really. I don't know That's why. what it is. Nah. You like those anime chicks. I'm not into anything weird. Hey, man, if you watch hentai, I'm not a kink shamer. If you watch hentai, it's okay, bro. No. It's okay. But listen, I'll everyone that's listening might. and that, that's a true fan of mine, tune in next week. Fight to win Denver. Fight to win 130. Myself versus Herbert Santos for the heavyweight title in the gi. Make sure you watch. Don't bootleg. Don't be a broke boy. Show your support. The more people that watch, they keep track of who's watching and how many people are watching. So if I get a lot of people to watch, it helps me negotiate bigger and better deals down the road. So support your boy. There's that boy right there. Look at him. Right on flow. That was, you, were, you were on the front page the other day. Yeah, and Claudio Calzon's back. Another legend and somebody I looked up to coming up. Oh, man, that was a good day. I'm trying to find this article. Here we go. So what do you think? Flo's and a couple other people are trying to say that Nicholas Marigali is the new pound-for-pound king. I discussed this on my little lapel show. I was like, I don't know who the hell they're asking. King of what? I don't think they're asking anyone. I think they just sit around in a circle and just talk. I hear that. I'm going to repeat a quote. I'm going to adapt it for jiu-jitsu. This is from Roger Mayweather. He said... Most people don't know shit about boxing. Most people don't know shit about jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I fucking hate those rankings. I despise those rankings. Yeah, it is. Because I think they're too fucking too subjective. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it is popularity. And I don't know what their reasoning is. They don't really have set. Their criteria is not followed. It's not set. Uh, I don't. I disagree with our criteria, and it's impractical because we already figured out who the best pound for pound grappler is. It was the worlds. We have the open weight. Now, granted, not everyone can do the open weight. I'm going to get to that later when I'm done this tirade about the rankings. But we have the open. We have the weight divisions. For the last decade, basically, or most of the last decade, last 10 years, one guy has dominated. Buchecha. Yeah. Double gold, double gold, double gold, double gold. The only time he didn't double gold or didn't win was when he was a new black belt or that year he blew his knee out. Every other time, double gold, double yeah, gold, no double gold, double gold, double gold. Now, I will grant Marigali this. He did stay more consistent. However, we just had the Worlds in June. Marigali didn't even make it to the medal round in the Open. <laughs> he lost to Keenan. Close match. I thought it was more, he showed better jiu-jitsu. Nonetheless, he took the L. The last time him and Buchecha fought, Buchecha beat him. I don't see how you make him number one. I don't know. You win double go to Worlds. The biggest tournament in the world, and it was three months ago or whatever it was. It was in the summertime. Regardless, you lost. Puchecha won. 
I'll give him number two. For sure, I'll give him number two. But if we're doing a real ranking system and it's going by knowledge of what's going on in the world of jiu-jitsu, there's no fucking way Marigali's number one. Let's check out the article here. Marcus Buchecha Almeida has been uh, the pound-for-pound king in the gi ever since we started our flow grappling rankings. Routinely winning his weight in the open class at Worlds, Buchecha was always a lock for the top spot. One thing that has been a question about Buchecha keeping his spot in the rankings, though, has always been his inactivity. He basically puts the gi on once a year for Worlds besides the occasional super fight. Enter Nicholas Marigali. The Porto Alegre native fighting out of Alliance, Mario Rice, who has been a... Heish. Heish. Oh, shit. Rice? Heish. God he damn. He's been eating his heish, his heish food, his heish and chicken. Rice and chicken. Who has been affectionately named Alameo, or the German, by his teammates. Nicholas is now in his third year as a black belt after one of the best color belt careers of all time, where he won the IBJJF Double Grand Slam at both Purple and Brown. Marigali was marked to challenge Buchecha's dominance, but had some speed bumps early in his black belt career. He has steadily gained momentum and has put in a near-flawless 2019 run so far. Blah, blah, blah. Before we get into discussing, I want to point out that winning the world absolute does not necessarily make you a pound-for-pound athlete. Hypothetically, this is about who would be the best if everyone was the same size. And we base that off their results, not just the absolute classes, but as well. Mikey Musumeci is currently ranked top five without ever entering his absolute black belt. So that's their yo. Here's their list. That's the, the whole point of the fucking open, bro. To see who's the best pound for pound. Yeah, They're about to that's s- what listen. That's, what it is. that's the whole fucking point. That's the point of the open. Now we can get into discuss. Like if you're that, if you're like a, if you're like a heavyweight or like a middle heavyweight and below, I can see the argument where we gotta have these pound for pound rankings. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But you get double go to worlds. If they're the same size, Hodolfo will beat him. Yeah. They're the same size. Somebody similar size to Marigali just beat him at Worlds. I It's clickbait. I'm going to say yeah, it right yeah, now. It's, they they, want, they uh, want that combo. They, they want, want the get combo. I get it. I'm not dissing them, but they want the combo. I get it. It's cute. But come on, man. Ain't a motherfucker alive besides Hodger Gracie. And Hodger did get Buchecha. When Buchecha had just finished, I think that was an ADCC year. So, yeah, we can argue that. But besides Hodger, nobody's fucking with Buchecha. Yeah. Buchecha's the second best all time in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Flo, you just... Wrong. Just wrong. 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 <laughs> no. Relax. Relax. Nobody is beating Buchecha right now in the gi. And... I want to talk about the open. To be fair, the best way to do the open, I think. 210. No. No. If you want the open to be fair and make it so more people from different weight classes can have a better chance to compete, I think you should do all the weight classes on Saturday up to the final. Then do the finals on Sunday. After the finals, then have the open. Like they do with every other belt. Yeah, they do do the absolute first, which is stupid. Exactly. 
You do the apple. You start the. That could actually affect apple. someone's mentality for their weight division if you think about it. And get people fucked up. Yeah, it could change a whole lot. Stupid. Because I've seen some of these matches with Lo and Buchecha, and I thought to myself, size does matter. And in the open, size matters a lot. The size differences. But let's say you fought all your matches up to the finals. So you got all those matches out of the way on Saturday. So that's about, depending on where you want to practice, about four if you're a black belt. Last match in the morning or in the early afternoon. Then we do the open. And then we can see, like, after the little guys got a little bit more rest, then we can see guys that are not typically in it, like, say, a middleweight, actually have a better chance. That's just me. I could be crazy. I'm not in charge. I don't run nothing. But that's what I would do. That would make it way entertaining, way more entertaining. I still don't think a featherweight would do it. I mean, a featherweight could do it. It's really hard in the gi, too. In nogi, you have a little bit more chance to escape shit. You go against a big guy in the gi, and there's a huge size difference, or it's tough because the grips. Mm-hmm. You can't get out. Nogi, you can do heel hooks and shit, and that's an equalizer. But also, you can squirm out and get sweaty. But yeah, let's do the open after all the weight classes. But let me, everybody listening, let me know what you think. You know, send me a DM. Let's see. I gotta tell you, I'm getting a little nervous right now because I'm looking at the stream. It says we're streaming. Then it says offline up here. As long as we're recording, I think we're okay. I know, but it's making me nervous. It says we are. Like, it'll show your It's, of course, the delay. It'll show your hand in a second. Dude, I think we're good, man. Are you getting paranoid, man? It says we have one viewer, too. All right, so what else do you want to talk about? You want to? We, we, we may we, have to do this again if something goes wrong. I don't know. You want to start it over just in case? Nah, let's keep going. All right, all right. Cool. I know this fucking says it's going. Like, it's doing our shit, moving us around. There was me just going. All right. Either way, fucking shit. So, yes, <clears throat> let's see. We'll pick up where we uh, left off before I so rudely interrupted us. Um, yeah, asshole. Why you haven't left the show? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, producer problems. Producer problems. Hey, Jamie, pull that up. Yeah. So anyway, you want to move on to another segment? Yes, let's do it. Let's do. Um, let's do the Jits tape. I'm gonna let you go first. Get your shit off. Cool. I'm gonna go. Mine is. An old school jujitsu match between Matt Seha, Seha, as we call it in Brazilian, Matt Seha, versus another fellow I can't pronounce his name, but it's cool old jujitsu of Matt Seha. Tough to find footage that could have had queued up, but you know. I want to make life easy. Did I ever tell you that my prediction before his fight with GSP was that he would win? Nice. That's a, that's a out there. Yeah, it's an underdog. Uh, but I was a minor at the time, and I couldn't place a bet, but I was going to do it. <laughs> so here he is. In the gi. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's Sarah in the gi. Whoop. Stupid. You pull guard on Matt Sarah like that, man. 
That's how I feel. Somebody pulls guard on me. Like, you crazy? Let me try. Looks like purple belt, too. So interesting seeing how jujitsu has grown compared to then. Real takedowns going on, real judo and stand up trying to happen. Mad people just sitting on the mats watching. Yeah, on the mat. And at the time, being a purple belt was a big fucking deal in America. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I first started training, Julius was a purple belt, my coach. And everyone was like, holy shit, a purple belt? An American black belt was rare. Even back in like oh six oh seven, we got an ugly ass half guard. Now some of the best guys in the world are American. Like Americans are totally taking over. Beautiful knee cut pass yeah, by Matt Leg come whoop. and like that pressure boy. That is old school pressure. Yes, there is pressure. It's a Henzo, bus pipes. Henzo Gracie teaching. Full mile. He's about to cross stroke this yeah, motherfucker. Oh, oh look at that bar. transition. Oh, that's one for the books slippery. right there. He's a brown, but it looks like it's tough to tell, but it's early. He ain't black, but that was a nice little one. Cross collar choke. Oh, he dropped sale back to side control. Now Sarah was a fucking dog. Hey, yeah, right. Whew. Crowd loving that shit. He's an ADCC veteran. He did really good one year at ADCC. He placed, he, he was close to winning, I believe. His opponent is Babs Olusen, Olusen Moken. Babs, like. I, is that the Babs? Might be. Oh man, this is a throwback. Oh, that's that's the that's the Leo Vieira. Yeah, Leo Vieira, sweet Vieira, move, goddamn, back yeah. take. Who chat should be doing that? I, I, I try. I want to try that more often. I've tried it like once. You gotta keep trying. I know. I, for, I forgot. I forget to keep trying. That's one you gotta drill because I have so you know, many other things. I remember Tata, big dude, Chains of Gigos. He tried that once. Wasn't pretty. <laughs> you tried it, but you get it. That's a that's a that's a that's a dope ass move to get on someone. So what's your uh, uh, what's your uh, jits tape? My jits tape entry. It's a legendary match in match in jujitsu history. It's Walij Ishmael versus Hoist Gracie. I'm not exactly sure the backstory of this match, but I believe it was a like a. Team challenge between Carlson Gracie and the Gracie family, like the traditional Gracie team. Some things I noticed: number one is Hoist is actually really tall compared to Waliz. Waliz is the jujitsu version of the Tasmanian Devil, just like a short, stout, stocky guy that's tough and just always moves forward. Another thing I noticed was all the patches on Waliz Gi. I mean, the, the the amount of patches on like his gear. Yeah, like now, motherfuckers got patches out the wazoo. But back then, having a bunch of patches on your gear was a big deal. I see the bad boy patch on his left Ooh. shoulder. Not a lot of bad boy fight gear representation anymore. Yeah, Not a lot of guys. That was a shit. Even before I started training. Bad you'd boy see was it a big deal. Non yes, world. but right. if you had like the bad boy Valetudo shorts, like you were the fucking man. Yeah, that's a, that was sick. But 
I love these old matches because all this stuff still works. And it's really hard to hit on people because it takes so much time to get good at, I, I feel. There's no gimmicks. There's no tricks to it. It's very straightforward. And this is raw, uncut, pure jujitsu from the source back in the day. And Carlson Gracie has passed. Alio has, has passed. All these guys are older. And I feel blessed to just be able to see this history out here. If you ever grip up with somebody from those days, uh, I mean, this this the power yeah, of the grips. Yeah, and oh, yeah. You can't be moved. Like, these guys, it may look like they're not doing anything, but there's slight movements. Look at that. Just, and the, yeah. And they're jockeying for something. position. Yeah, neither one of them. You're not getting underneath it either, either of them. No. So but while like... kind of does, he goes for a single here. But Hoist does a pretty good counter to yeah. on top. It's a deep half. Yeah, right, the deep half. And coming up on a single. And Hoist was no slouch. Like, revisionist history will say that Hoist was the weakest of the Gracie brothers. And, I mean, that may be true. It's an right there. If you're over Straight there. arm lock. Yeah, he could switch to Omoplata. Yeah. Um, he could say that, but that's only because like, his brothers are all-time greats as well. Uh, and when we get to my snapdown baddest of the week, I mean, the guy who, I mean, just to say, like, man, to beat these guys is a huge undertaking. Well, Leeds, like I said, is a fucking bulldog. He's like Tasmanian devil. He's on those legs. I hate that pants grip like that. Oh, yeah, that's tough to beat. Now so he's great. swept hoist. And gone to over under position, or as what like we like to call when you're a bulldog on my team is uh, easy to pass. Yep, position five, and the pressure, the pressure. This is the type of pressure where it doesn't look like much, but if you're under it, it feels oh, like yeah. you can't breathe, yeah. and it feels like you can't move your hips at all. You're just hard stuck. to make a decision. Yeah, well, he's just putting on the pressure. You can fast forward a little bit more. Not too far, but eventually his pressure bust pipes. He's going in on hoist. Yeah, you can see Can't it. get in. It's coming away. He's getting ready to pass this guard. He's fast forward just a little bit and more. And hoist knows he's coming over that left knee. It's not like he's like, oh, maybe he is going to spin, which he could do, spin to the other side. But the, nope, he's coming right through. And the beautiful part about the over-under is you got options. You can go no, he did do legs, what I thought he but do. make some turn. And this He's got him. is one of the more famous finishes in jiu-jitsu just because of who he's finishing. You know, you finish the Gracie, it's a big deal. But you finish the first UFC champion, it's an even bigger deal. And with the halagio, or as we gringos call it, the clock choke, just reaches in the collar. And what you're about to see here is just pure technique, just a fucking killer. Like a fucking boss. While he's about to clock choke hoist, but like a true warrior or a psycho. Yeah. Like, look at this shit. Hoist is trying to turn to his back. He's not tapping. He's not going to tap. It's a blood choke. And he's out. He's out. While he's put Hoist Gracie to sleep. Nice. Shout out to Team Carlson Gracie. In my opinion, the best team ever. One day I'm going to break down who was on the team and then lineage of Carlson Gracie team. If you look at jiu-jitsu and MMA and submission grappling accomplishments, arguably the best group of talent you'll ever see. And that is my Jits Tape entry for nice. the week.
All right, let's move on to the snapdown. My snapdown badass of the week is Japanese MMA legend Kazushi Sakuraba, the Gracie Killer. I told you, beating a Gracie is a big deal. But the Gracie Hunter, aka the IQ wrestler, aka the living legend, Kazushi Sakuraba, beat four Gracies. Yeah. Four. This motherfucker was on the warpath. So, I don't know what order he did it in, but let's just say he ran through High and Gracie, Hoist Gracie, Henzo Gracie. I said High and. Henzo, Hoyler, and Hoist. Kazushi Sakuraba was a bad motherfucker. In the Pride era when everyone was juiced up, I think he's the only guy that wasn't taking shit. I think he's the only one that didn't. Mm, I don't know. What? Come on, dude. Look how athletic he was built. How athletic Kazushi Sakuraba was built? Not that athletic, dude. dude. He was built. He's a He's a muscular. He's a former UFC champion, the first Japanese UFC champion. He won the UFC Japan tournament. I mean, just no the, offense, but they ain't the biggest na- people naturally on earth. They ain't like them Norwegians and shit. Oh my god, really? You're gonna say that there's no big Japanese people? Not big and athletic like that without steroids. All right, let me tell you some of the people he beat. Okay, he beat Vitor Belfort, young Vitor. He beat Carlos Newton. Guy Metzger, Alan Goes, all those Gracies. He beat Rampage Jackson. Beat Kevin Randleman. I mean, had wars. Oh God, just wars with all these guys. Just a fucking killer, man. But yeah, the Gracie Hunter. You telling me that ain't steroids, bro? That is not steroids, man. Come on, you watch jujitsu for you watch jujitsu. You don't, you think he's on steroids? He ever took a, a PED in his fucking life? The man is broken down up. and old. Sure. Well, anyway, because Sakuraba is my SmackDown badass of the week. Okay, the guy who beat four Gracies. You can look at his stats. He Tim he, likes all the juicers. That is not true at all. <laughs> that is not true at all. Okay, I hate I the juicers. Florida so the people can see. Dude, he's shaped like a teenage boy. Get the fuck out of here. He's only six foot tall. He's like my size, except he's shaped like a little boy. Ah, another ad block is kicking in. Yeah, like, all the ad blockers. That's God trying to tell you, stop yeah. hating on the GOAT, Kazushi Shakaraba. Shout out to Kazushi Shakaraba. Who's your badass of the week? Mine is the natural Randy Couture. And why is that? Why man, is he your badass? Well, he's a legend. Just, my man just had a, a heart attack. God came for him, and you know what? Nope, you ain't getting Randy this time, buddy. Not a matter of fact, God, he was outside of uh, the hospital the same day after a heart attack. You can't keep the natural boy down. Now, you're going to talk about Jesus. You're going to talk about Randy Couture and all that TRT he took. <laughs> Come on, hey, bro. Hey, TRT, at least it's legal. Not anymore. Sure. Well, we talking about for fighting. Of course, yeah. like in real life, who gives yeah. a shit? If you're, if you need to take the stuff, it's fine. Yeah. But you shouldn't be competing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So that's your badass of the week. Yeah. Both, oh, Randy. both MMA legends 
Both guys that you don't want to see in a dark alley. And Randy, the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion. Shit. He, he was the heavyweight champion, like 205, too. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember, I'll never forget when he beat the brakes off of Tim Sylvia for five Me rounds at 40 something. Me neither. The miracle was... of modern medicine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's right. And I guess lastly, oh, no, 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 we got two more things. And uh, this day in MMA and BJJ, for those who are wondering, 20 years ago this very day, Alistar Overroid, I mean Overeem, was 19 years old, made his pro debut, and finished Ricardo Fayit today. The only thing Alistair Overeem hasn't won is a UFC title. That sucks, man. He's a good fighter. It's because of the damn drug testing that they they didn't yeah, let him win. And then he, was, he missed his window. Yeah, he deflated like hell. At one point, he was the best heavyweight in MMA and in kickboxing. Uh, beat up. No, he didn't. Did he beat Chuck Liddell? No, Chuck Liddell beat him. Chuck Liddell beat him when he was, it was string bean Overeem. Yeah. yeah. And then he kicked Brock Lesnar's colon through his back. Just ran through people in that K1 Grand Prix. This is why we need a striker on the show because I know some of my striker buddies hate on that accomplishment. But for anybody to hold a major MMA and a major kickboxing title simultaneously, I mean, you got to hand it to the guy. Straight up dog. He had a very good career. It's a shame that he keeps on getting knocked the fuck out. Like, that one, he's the victim of one of the gnarliest knockouts ever. He lost to Francis Ngannou. Like, that sucks, dude. Like, because some people that don't research the sport are just going to know him as the guy that got knocked out by Francis Ngannou. But to me, he'll always be, at the time, one of the best physical specimens I've ever seen. Mr. Horsemeat himself. <laughs> we should that, that should be a, a just statement. Yes, that should be a just tape entry, by the way. But yeah, man, like, at, in his prime, like, he looked like a fucking bodybuilder, and he ran through guys in the K1 Grand Prix. Yeah, just came a... up with his hands up and just marching people down and mowing through the competition. And then he would do MMA and strike force and kill everybody. There's a documentary on him, but I can't remember. It was really good. The Ream. Yeah. That was his documentary series. I watched it religiously. Yeah, it was very good. Fucking sick. Like, he was ahead of his time, really, when it came to promoting himself through that show. Yeah. One of the first MMA fighters to do it. But shout out to Overeem, even though he's a juice head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Juice head cheater. Yeah. So there's one question from the White Belt BJJ group, and we'll cut it just a smidge short just because I'm, I'm up in the air. After is it one of my is... band questions? <laughs> I, have band, I have a band question list now. Just like there's a terror oh, watch list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but go ahead. Is. Talk your shit. Go it ahead. It could be because you get a lot of the same questions because, you know, everybody, you know, everybody goes through the same dang journey. Um, is it possible to be an elite grapper, grap, grapper only training two days per week? Fuck no. <laughs> no, there's no fucking way. Ain't no. Happening. Would you want to fly get be on an airplane with a pilot that only trained that only flew in flight school two times a fucking week? Yeah. Would you want a surgeon that went through medical school for 4 years only going to class two days a week? Yeah, that makes a lot, that makes sense. No fucking way can you do it. Two Wait, wait. He said twice a day or twice a week? Twice a week? No way. And Sorry. Let, there's no way. There's no way. I'm saying, and there's no way. 
Don't even think about it. Don't now you can do it as a hobby for two times a week and you can get a lot of great stuff out of jujitsu. But being an elite competitor, no. That's just gonna only get you hurt if you decide to go in a division. Julius Coach Julius used to say this. I think Master Lloyd said it too. There's no special there's no special divisions for lifestyle. There's no I have four kids and a wife at home division. There's no I have a full time job division. There's no my back hurts division. There's no divisions for excuses. When you go there against somebody, they could be training every day, twice a day, or they could be training just as much as you. But there's no there's no substitute for hard work. There's no excuse. So you just got to keep that in mind. You got to know your limitations. There's nothing wrong with training twice a week. But you got to you have to curb your expectations by how much work you can put in. Because if you're just training jiu-jitsu twice a week, I'm assuming that you're just saying I'm only doing jiu-jitsu. And that's not even on top of strength and conditioning. And depending on your age group, I mean, if you're doing an adult division, you're training twice a week and you're a purple belt, there's no – nowadays – there's no way you're winning worlds. You you probably won't even place at worlds, yeah, let alone placing at a Grand Slam or a hard regional like basically a, black belts. Yes, like yeah, the amount of work they're putting in, they're fucking professional. There's no way. I'm sorry, bro, or yeah. sis, whoever <laughs> sent it. But yeah. All right. Well, that's about it, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Tim Spriggs BJJ or my Facebook. Tim Spriggs BJJ. Go to TimSpriggsBJJ.com to book me for a seminar, a private lesson, or a super fight because I fight to win. I'm the best bout machine. You know, I just love killing, you know? What's up? Yeah, good luck, Hard man. to kill, baby. Good luck, Aspire, but we'll be on the air before then. Of course. Uh, Catch me on Fight to Win uh, next week. Fight to Win 130 in Denver. That's right. For Urban Santos for the Gi Heavyweight World Championship. Flow Gretlin. Holla at your boy. Don't bootleg. Actually, fucking watch me. And don't yeah. don't don't jack your friend's fucking uh, account. Get your own account. Buy it like I did. Support the sport because I have to pay. If I got to pay for an account, yeah. you should too. And I'm snitching if I catch you pirating. I'm yep. just kidding. I'm not a snitch, but don't do it because Missy will Ain't kill no you. Takashi's here. No. No Takashi. No Takashi. Stop snitching, kids. Stay safe. Fujisports.com. Use code WBBJJ. Get uh, 15% off. Black Friday's coming soon. Buy geese quick. Buy geese quick. All right. Everybody. Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs>